I'm Marissa Norcross. And I'm Dave Freud, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yes, um, this is... This has been a real quick turnaround since our last <laughs> podcast, since we recorded earlier in the day. <laughs> but we don't have our guests, our special guest uh, today. But she uh, joined us last week, so I already told my parents to make sure they listen to that one because they may hear some little squeaks in the background. That's awesome. <laughs> she was she was very very good. I thought it was great. So last week we talked about. Mm-hmm. It happened again, type of thing, where oh, not again. My, the title might have been "Not Again," and it was just "Not Again." And I was doing my reflection for the first quarter of of twenty twenty two, and I got too busy, and things fell off that shouldn't have fallen off. But the good news was that I did correct it in time to make a difference going into the second quarter of of the year. But then, so today's post that went out actually just said. It wasn't all a loss. And so I did get, I did have some really good takeaways um, from the first quarter, which was kind of interesting if you think about it. To, if, you, if you think in three months, there were a lot of really neat learnings that I had. One of the ones I put here in the post was, um, I learned that skiing with my grandkids might be more <laughs> fun than skiing with my kids. And the reason for that is this. When my kids were little, I had to put their ski boots on. I don't have to put my grandkids' ski boots on. Their parents can. I may still have to kind of pick them up a little bit to help them get on the chairlift. But what was, what was really fun this year, because they started skiing last year, but this year they just got so much better, and it was just it was so much fun. Um, I did. I was, uh, I was very proactive in in scheduling my year so I was able to take a long weekend with my wife to visit her father and sister in Florida. So those were good things that came out. But I did have some some learning. So when you quickly went through the list, were you surprised by what I was looking at as learnings? Surprised. But I didn't so much have expectations for for what I thought either, but you know, I think okay. just what my thought was that I bet there was a lot more behind all of this, that it was probably challenging to like actually narrow it down. And, and the best part about that is that like you got to review all of that and, and kind of relish, like relish the goodness and, and recognize like, okay, yes, this is only 25% of the way through the year. Like there's so much more good to be found. Right. And, Fun right. to be had and opportunities to absolutely. seize. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in terms of the length of my, mm-hmm. so I typed up the lists. It's probably mm-hmm. two and a half pages, which was great. It, and it really was. And it didn't take me that long to do it. Um, when I lamented about the fact that I, blew, I, I fell off my path of doing streamlined reflection, it was that I just, some of this I didn't catch until the end of the three months which I would have caught in the week it occurred had I really been, mm-hmm. been better at my reflection. Um, so the three that I put in my, my post that went out this morning, uh, the, these were just statements that really blew me away that I heard. And one of them was this, growth begins when we accept our own lack of ability or weakness. And, and what, what was so profound is that 
it you know the the statement hit me because it 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 reveals what's necessary to grow that sometimes i've wondered you know i i know these people need some growth i need to help this person with this i need to help you know i want to be able to help people understand why they need to to get on a professional growth plan and what i realized was they probably just don't think there's a lack of ability and the danger in that one is we all have a lack of ability we all have weaknesses and unless we're willing to look at them honestly to face them we don't have a hope to grow so that was a statement that really was it was profound maybe that's the best way to put it and then the other way to look at it is that once i discover my lack of ability or a weakness that's a gift because now i know where i can learn where i can grow and the other thing that i really love here is and i talk about this in all my classes you know when if you if you're wondering where you should grow just ask people that know you very well you know they'll they'll just say what's my greatest weakness and they'll tell you provided it's <laughs> provided you have a safe relationship and they're not afraid that they'll that you know they'll walk away so that was one growth begins when we accept our own lack of ability or weakness this other one was really um really great when a leader leaves a meeting their team shouldn't think the leader is the smartest person. They should feel that they got smarter for being with the leader. Now, you might think when you read that quickly is, well, the leader just mm -hmm. made them smarter. You know, the leader taught them a bunch of things. That's not what I sense that means. I, I, I think, so Liz Wiseman in her book, Multipliers, talks about leaders. The best leaders are debate makers. Great leaders lead their teams on a path of discovery so that they continually learn. And I, I sense in this that a leader whose team feels they're smarter because they were with the leader doesn't even realize, they, they think their growth really came from within. It wasn't that they were lectured. And, and to me, that one was like, Wow. You know, how, how can I get better at that? How can I get better at leading people on a path of discovery so they learn so much? And when they leave, they're like, this was an amazing meeting. I think about this. How many times do people get to leave a meeting and say, that was an amazing meeting? Most of the time, it's like, oh, no. Not another, <laughs> it's not over yet. So we're looking at our watches and we're looking at the clocks and we're, you know, hopefully we're not checking our emails when we're in the meetings. But most of the time, if I bet you if we would do a poll, do a poll how many people dread meetings, the majority of the people would say yes. Well, there's something wrong if that's the case. Then the last one that I put in my post, a little bit tongue-in-cheek smiling, but blessed are the flexible for they shall not be broken. <laughs> I just thought that was great. Yeah. Maybe it's because I know the Beatitudes, you know, that, that come out of the, of the, the book of Matthew and the Bible. But if you think about it, the people that are most flexible, that can bend in the storm, mm -hmm. really are blessed. Because they can just kind of let the wind blow them down, and they come back. And it's great. point is, how do we become that resilient person? Who can handle that without breaking? And so I kind of put the note here in my 
on my paragraph, um, this resiliency will be the vaccine that will help us weather the storm. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's great. So those are the three that I picked. But I also gave you, um, I gave you a few more that I had written down here. Did any of those jump out at you? It's meant. Okay, great. So this, this, so for me to explain feel it moments, um, I was, uh, Don Yeager was doing a presentation. It was a bonus segment for Live to Lead. And he recounted when he followed Coach Mike Krzyzewski, who has just recently retired as the, the most successful coach other mm-hmm. than John Wooden to ever coach um, in, 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 in college basketball. Maybe ever, I don't know, other than Wooden. But he was asked to take over USA Basketball. USA Basketball is the organization that staffs our Olympic basketball teams. And what he realized was, uh, so when the first Dream Team played, they blew everybody out. They, they won every game, and people were just so enamored with the fact that of who these people were. And even the opponents, there's one little beautiful picture of a Lithuanian basketball player sitting on the sideline waiting to come into the game to play against the Dream Team, and he has a camera <laughs> stuffed in his sock so that he can take pictures of the American players during the game. And, 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 but what happened was, very quickly, the American team wasn't that good anymore. And the rest of the world caught up. So USA Basketball reaches out to Coach K to ask him to reassemble a dream team. And interesting enough, for those of us in Syracuse, uh, Jim Beheim was his either mm-hmm. associate head coach or assistant head coach for USA Basketball. The two of them really are, are good friends. But So what he did was he said, I have to help him understand why, what it means to play for USA. So he takes them to West Point. And they're seeing, they're watching cadets at West Point, people who know what it means to fight for a cause bigger than yourself type of thing. And so then he also, so they spend some time at West Point. They spent, he takes them, uh, maybe the summer before the Olympics, he takes them to South Korea and, and they're going to play an exhibition game on their way to Japan and they're playing against the soldiers, you know, that are stationed in the demilitarized zone there or near the demilitarized zone in, in North Korea. And he starts telling them, listen, you know what you need to do? Whenever I want to make dog tags for you with your name on it. Whenever you come up against or you get to play, you know, one of our soldiers or you meet one of our soldiers, I want you to exchange dog tags. And then the last thing they do, they're going to go to London to play in the Olympics the last thing they the last stop they make before London is Arlington National Cemetery. And there's this video of, you know, the captains of the team getting ready to help lay a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier. And then they take him out to show them they take him to the newest section of Arlington Cemetery where the where the the, the most recent fallen heroes are buried. And there's a man, he looks over in the corner and there's a man putting down pictures next to these graves. And he says, the one thing that the players quickly realize is that most of the ages of the people mm-hmm. on the graves are younger than them. And then he, so he walks up to this, co- to this, this 
soldier and he says, you know, sir, my name is Mike Krzyzewski and I am the head coach of USA Basketball. Would you mind telling me what you're doing? And the man said, um, these pictures are pictures. This was my team. And it didn't go the way we planned. And, you know, so this guy with tears in his eyes, is, and he says to the guy, would you mind speaking to my players? Not at all. So the man starts talking about his team and what happened and how the mission went poorly, you know. And, and he said, and Coach K said, you know, I, I saw tears in the eyes of our players. He said they now could feel what it meant to wear USA on the back of mm-hmm. your jersey rather than your name. That's a feel-it moment. And he said, you can't imagine the power of feel-it moments with your team, where whatever team you have. And, and that's the thing that a lot of leaders miss. How do we connect what we do with why we do it in a way that it's a feel-it moment? You know, you and I both, you and I both know um, people that work mm-hmm. in the NICU at Kraus. They have yeah. so many feel-it moments. They do. And so, and yeah, and you start, so you start saying, okay, so at MACNI, what kind of feel-it moments could we create for our staff? Maybe when a company does, gets awarded something amazing, you know, or when they push through and when they, when they solve a problem, whatever it might be, you know, for me, my feel-it moments in what I do is, is when a coaching client has a breakthrough. And I can see the trajectory change. So if leaders really want to motivate, create feel-it moments. I know that took a long time. Mm-hmm. But that's where I got the feel-it moments from. And I've watched that video half a dozen times. And I get tears in my eyes every, mo- every time. The other example that Don Yeager used, he is on the board of Make-A-Wish. And he said, every board meeting, they start the meeting with three or four mm-hmm. wishes that were granted. He says, and very rarely do we have a dry eye when we're done. They're feel-it moments. Any others on there that jumped out at you? Um, well, you know, I really like that you revisited the, the magic question, the, which we talked about, I, I don't know, maybe four yes. or five weeks ago. What will it take to dot, dot, dot? Right. Yeah, Dr. Mm-hmm. Zoe Chance's magic Have question. you found yeah. yourself using that, or have you had success? Or I, mm-hmm. I have used it, and I'm, I'm trying to think of the exact examples, but it basically was, so what would it take for us to be able to accomplish this? And when the person gives you the answer, they've actually committed mm-hmm. to doing it, if you can come up with it. Yeah, I've been and using it, so too. it's so simple. <laughs> Oh. I used it. Yeah, I remember here. you used it on me right away. Uh, I'm using it at home. Well, it <laughs> using it at work. Using it with my kids. Yep. But yeah, it's a couple other things that really uh, spoke to me. Um, two of them that were really just a wake up call. Teaching in mm-hmm. the afternoon is very hard for me, and and I needed to remind myself of that because sometimes I'll think of scheduling something in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I'll try to fit it in or maybe, you know, maybe an afternoon would be better. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's not. I'm just not sharp enough in the afternoon because I am mm-hmm. a lark. I am a morning person. I, I also kind of beat myself up a little bit because I made an, it, this, this note came up multiple times. My classes are too much like lectures. Mm-hmm. 
I hate that. Um, so, you know, like tomorrow morning I'll be teaching again. And I really need to engage the class in conversation, not lecture. And, and of the, one, the other ones that I, the other one that really I want to share was, I, I mentioned my masterminds on mm-hmm. Thursdays are amazing. And, and I want to share this, so, because any of us can do this. Um, what, twice a year, once a year for sure, sometimes twice a year, I can gather with fellow John Max. We're not John Maxwell teammate. We are Maxwell Leadership Certified Coaches. New brand, people. I need to get used to it. So does everybody else. Wow, that was hard. Anyways, so I get together with, with my colleagues, and it's an amazing experience. And late last year, I was at, like in December, I was invited to join a group that gets together every second and fourth Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. And there's about anywhere from 6 to 10 maybe that get on the call. I think there's a total of about 12 that are invited, but, mm-hmm. you know, life happens and we get busy. And we start out with what's going well. Do we have what wins do we have? What successes do we have? What do we need help with? What struggles do we have? What have we learned? And it's just, it's, it's just an amazing time to gather with people with a common focus to support and encourage each other. And every time I get done, every time it's 7 o'clock on that second and fourth Thursday, and I disconnect from the Zoom meeting, mm-hmm. I have so much energy. It's energizing. And we get to help each other. One of them reached out to me recently because he wanted to do, he felt that um, what would be helpful with the school principal, a building administrator that he was working with was a 360. And he said, Dave, would you have time to jump on a call to kind of coach me through how you do your 360s? I said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, so we're helping each other. We're learning from each other. We're supporting each other. And it's just, it's like a boost of energy that happens twice a month. So I really encourage people, find people that do what you do, that you can somehow connect with. Even if it's a a hobby, you know, I know you, Mm -hmm. I don't know, do you still do your book club? So I'm sure that's the same kind of thing. It's like when you get, maybe sometimes it's like, oh, not again. But when you get Mm -hmm. done, you feel energized. So that was the that was the other takeaway that I just wanted to make sure we That's mentioned. That's awesome. Because those masterminds are important. So mm-hmm. it was a really good three months, even though my reflection didn't happen the way I wanted, and even though I didn't have enough white space. Mm-hmm. But that we talked about last week. So what about next week? Next. That's a good one. How about resilience? Since I since I re- ended my post with <laughs> "Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be broken." I just thought I, I want mm-hmm. to do some research on resilience, what we can do to build resilience, because I have a feeling we're going to need it. Awesome. I think I'm done. Well, thank you for sharing with us the last two, two Any... episodes, what you've learned. Oh, my, my pleasure. You know, I, I mm-hmm. hope somebody can take something away mm-hmm. from it. Uh, for me, it was just great. Um, and my next reflection day is, wow. I think, July 1st. So we'll see what the exciting. next quarter brings. Do you have any exciting plans? Uh, just about to start my garden. And I'm, I am excited about that. I'm a little intimidated. I think just thinking of all the things that need to happen. 
um, you know, in kind of a short period of time, but I'm really excited about sure. it. Good. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually, now we're recording this, this episode pretty early. Um, but last Saturday I went skiing. Did you really? I did. And it's gotta be the last time of the year, Wow! but it was amazing. I know you said you'd wanted a, to get one more in. So you did. I did. So I got, I got my last one in. I'm all set. Good. I have my seasons pass lined up for next winter. So now I can just make the transition. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with putting the skis away, you know, through all of the ski clothing in the, in the laundry. So it's cleaned and put away. Yep. Pressure smelling than when I take it off. So to speak. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, that was, it was so neat. Did it with uh, a couple of my grandkids and my son, and we just had a great time. Good. I'm so happy so for now, you. Let the spring come. How's mm-hmm. that? Good. Perfect. So, with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. And this was the next page.